This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. A Canadian is a Canadian is a Canadian. Famous words from our Prime Minister. In this case, it is a British Canadian dubbed Jihadi Jack by the British press. He's been captured by Kurdish forces and he is apparently begging to come to Canada, although his parents live in Britain. They have lashed out at the British government for leaving him to die in a Kurdish jail, their words, but they're hopeful about getting him here. They have apparently been in touch with consular officials and a family lawyer says it's just a matter of the logistics of getting him out of Syria. The foreign affairs minister has said she would not comment on the case, but the Let's case is a major test of the Prime Minister, given that his government repealed a law that allowed suspected terrorists to be stripped of their Canadian citizenship. So what do you think? Should uh, we bring Jihadi Jack back? Uh, He has said that, uh, just bring me back, please. Doesn't even matter if I have to go to jail. Um, Is that what we should do? Is he uh, as Canadian as the rest of us? The numbers to call 416 Three six zero zero seven forty toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty and right now I am here with Ross McLean, security and terrorism expert. Hi Ross, welcome. Hi uh, Libby, good to be here talking about this uh, weird weird case, but it's a very interesting case and a test, as you say, for the Prime Minister and how we're going to handle this. And and what is weird about it? Well, there's lots weird about this. As you say, he's a British Canadian, but he's not a Canadian who has ever even stepped foot in Canada. He was born in, in England to a Canadian father and a, and a British mother, so I, I assume he gets dual citizenship. And I didn't get a chance to check this before we came on, but this is what happens if you're Canadian and you're born anywhere else in the world, uh, your children they become Canadian citizens as well. So that's not, is that unusual around the world? I don't think so. I don't know, but there was some discussion about that, about people who go over to have children. That's almost a a mini version of the chain migration story that's going on over in, uh, in in the U S right now. But so here he is, he wants to claim uh, to have Canada come save him. Mm -hmm. Uh, He left uh, in 2014 to go join ISIS. Left Britain. Left Britain. He's never been here. He's got the Canadian father. Who's, He's who's, never even been here. I don't believe so. I've seen nothing that he was born in Oxford, raised in Oxford, became a Muslim when he went to school. In Oxford, his parents aren't Muslims. Uh, one's British. She's a, a book editor and he's a farmer or some such thing. He left and went over to join ISIS in 2014. That's an important date because in 2014, that's when the city of Raqqa uh, was being developed by ISIS to become really their headquarters. They took it over. They started fortifying it. And that's where he went to, was into Raqqa. Now, he's claiming that he's not really an ISIS guy. He's sort of against it. His parents are saying, uh, well, no, he's not really an ISIS. He was just traveling, a tourist, 
like our other Canadian who was a traveling tourist. Uh, I know, it's like you know. Uh, Raqqa <laughs> is right at the top of the holiday list. <laughs> it, yeah, it is the absolute heart of uh, of the ISIS terror. And or he was, 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 until recently. He yep. was there since 2014. There's a famous picture of him that I, I tweeted out. Uh, where he's named Jihadi Jack, where he's standing in a rock, holding up the ISIS finger and the ISIS salute, salute for you know one Allah, one religion, one God, if you will. And uh, he's claiming now he wants to come to Canada because, as you just noted, uh, by October of last year, uh, the Kurdish forces and the coalition forces finally crushed and took over Raqqa. And everybody was running from it and looking somewhere. And now he's in a, a Kurdish jail. Which, which I, I gather, um, Kurdish da- jails are not like Canadian jails. They're uh, pretty tough stuff. And this is the other complication. The Kurds don't really have a country. The Kurds are fighting to be recognized, to have their own country, and they're still fighting with Turkey uh, and in that area to become recognized. So as such, they have no country. Canada has got no diplomatic relationship with them because there's no country to have a dip- uh, diplomatic relationship with. Yeah, but Canada with. has big relationship with the Kurds. We do, but it's not official. And so far, nothing official is taking place. As you pointed out, they asked uh, Krista Freeland about this, and she basically said no comment on it. Uh, There's some discussion where the father says that, no, he's been talking, and the Canadian government's uh, looking in discussions about getting him back, and he wants to go to Canada, not back to Britain. Well, I wonder why. Well, because some in Britain are taking a very, very hard line, and this is a test of where we are with with the Prime Minister, as you stated, with a Canadian as a Canadian as a Canadian. And, you know, something that bothers me a little bit about this whole topic is we talk about it as they went to war. Well, they didn't really go to war. This is a complete terrorist organization that operated outside of the bounds of the law and and the the basis for fighting wars. The Nuremberg trials talked about that. I mean, they just used civilians. They killed civilians. They tortured people. It was not a a war in the romantic sense that war used to be talked about for someone who went off to war. This is a terrorist, hideous abomination of evil, this group that he went to go join. Well, let's just say still, he says he says he wasn't, so he is an alleged ISIS, ISIS fighter. Uh, I guess we should say that. Here's the alleged part, but here's the part that I find interesting. Yeah. The big part why he's being nailed for this is there's a claim that one of the uh, newspapers uh, in the UK reported that he said on the phone that he was basically a member of ISIS. Now, his father denies that. He didn't say that. That wasn't our discussion at all. However, I kind of have a feeling that any call that came from uh, Syria that went into the UK was just probably likely picked up and recorded and listened to by intelligence services of at least one of the major uh, countries for looking at it. So uh, I think... It's, the question now is what really is he responsible for and whose responsibility is he? Is he ours? Is he Canada's? And if so, are we going to charge him with war crimes? Are we going to charge him with criminal acts? Or does he come and we rehabilitate him and we help him out and maybe we Deprogram pay him? Deprogram him? Uh... Well, th- these are good questions, though. And, you know, it, it points to, I think, uh, the importance when we elect officials that you have officials that going forward with this world, this fast-changing world, Libby, that they're going to deal with problems in a way that's consistent with the electorate's values. And because the law is always backwards looking. It's, you know, you write a law based on what's happened before. Well, now we've got this ISIS and this, there's no law written to deal with this. So we need to have 
the government make a decision and make a values-based determination as to how to deal with it that the country can feel uh, comfortable about. Okay, well, let's hear from the country. We've got Rashida in Richmond Hill. Hello, Rashida. Hello, it's my first time calling. Oh, wait a minute. <clears throat> you know... We've got to do something about that bell. It's uh, really <laughs> slow on the bell uh, every single time. Uh, Ross is uh, is uh, is uh, he's banging his water glass. Okay, we owe you a bell, Rashida. Sorry about that. Thank you. Um, go ahead. Well, I don't think we should bring this guy back into Canada because we don't need more terrorists in this country. He should be deported, and he should be taken away from his, uh, his Canadian citizenship. Well, we don't have to deport him. He's not here. <clears throat> well, he shouldn't be coming back here. And, and apparently he was never here. He just has citizenship. Well, then, therefore, he's not supposed to be... The Canadian government shouldn't be bringing him back, period. Rashida, give me, give me the context of a little bit about who you are and how you come to that decision. Well, I am a Muslim, mm-hmm. and I came from the, the, the West Indies, and uh, we, were, <clears throat> we were brought up very religiously. My father was very religious, and we were never trained, and we were never taught all this stuff that these people are doing, uh, doing to our country and to ISIS and all of that. We, our religion, we were taught to love, to help, and to give charity, pilgrimage, and all these things, nothing to do with fighting. Uh, I, I, yeah. like, I like to hear that context because I, yeah. I could—that's uh, an important context. I really think it is because I think we not only have to have Canadian values on this, but world values on this that we're going to agree about what is acceptable behavior and not. And it clearly, My as Rashida said, teaches us to give and to give charity and to pray and fast the day of Ramadan, not to believe in all these stuff that these people believing in. That—that that is not the belief of Islam. Well, thank you. I really appreciate hearing uh, that point of view. Okay, Rashida, thanks so much for that. Thanks. Bye. Okay, let's go to uh, Paul in Toronto. Paul, are you there? Hi, yes, this is Paul. Uh, Hi. uh, I totally disagree with the Prime Minister if he wants to bring uh, this this chap. uh, He's never been in Canada. He was not born in Canada. He was born in the U.K., and he should be sent pronto from the jail back to the U.K. He has nothing to do with Canada. The, the, I totally agree with the gentleman who had said that the laws are backward-looking. Uh, he doesn't represent Canadian values, and he should not even, the thought should not be entertained that he can come back to Canada. Uh, that he can come to Canada. There's no back. I'm sorry, there's no word back, because he's never been here before. Um, exactly. Uh, Ross, uh, maybe you can enlighten us on, uh, have the British said no, they won't take him? Uh, are they stricter about these things? Well, apparently no one wants to put their hands on him or t- lay claim to him, and I can see why. It's a bit of a hot potato as to how you deal with him. Obviously, the British have their issues, and they play politics on this uh, ISIS-Muslim uh, a whole deal. I mean, they've got a lot of, there's a lot of context to this. That's why I was glad to hear Rashida uh, call in earlier. But, you know, my, my concern is just the other day, we're listening to the, the plea bargains that were the, the sentencing that's going on for Dylan Millard and Mark Smitch, who, who have engaged in two hideous murders where they murdered people and burned them to death in incinerators, and they've been convicted of it. And they're looking at potentially up to 50 years. 
And that's, they would fit right in with ISIS. And how does this guy, we, if we don't find out what he is guilty of, or we don't know what he was doing, how do you possibly bring someone back and just say, here you go, it's, it's a free pass? I don't get it but, myself. Ross, you have to look at the prima facie evidence. And the prima facie evidence is him sitting, standing on a rock and showing the, the finger to Western society and saying he believes in all they believe in, and that's totally anathema to us. Well, ex- so that the prima facie evidence shows that he was never, he doesn't have any Western values, and he should, he cannot be, he's not able to reintegrate or rehabilitate himself here. Let him stay with the British and let the British do what they have to do with him. Or uh, let him stay uh, with the Kurds. Yeah, you know, Libby, I like, I like to ask Paul, Paul, I'd like to ask you, how about some context about who you are with your opinion on this, like we had with Rashida? Okay, uh, my name uh, is Paul, and I can, uh, I'm a Christian from Pakistan, and I saw uh, Pakistan degenerate in, in, into an extremely religious, fundamentalist country uh, with, with, without any reason for it. I mean, it was just Islam, 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 and pushing Islam, which, uh, and then it, it, it became highly offensive to all the minorities and all the people who were there. And that is exactly what ISIS has done to all the minorities. Uh, they've, they've killed off Chaldean Christians. They've killed off Syrian Christians. They've blown up uh, the monuments. So where is Islam and, and, and the love of, of Islam in this, in this position? And these guys who, who go away, come from the West and go to these places, what do, what do they have any idea of what has the deportations of Islam on all those Christians and all the Hindus in India as well. They just kill us. You know, well, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's radical Islam, and obviously, yeah, you come from a persecuted minority. I think, uh, I think we're all on board with Rashida's brand of Islam. Yeah, yeah, I want to say something important about what Paul has said here and what Rashida has said here, because, you know, Canada, uh, hearing these people who have come to Canada to live here and the values that they have and why they're here, and I have to say, Canada is a bit of a snowflake country in some ways, you know, because we're so lucky. We're, we're over here. We, we don't have, we haven't seen the sort of trials and tribulations that many of these people have seen in other countries. We've got two oceans on either side and the U.S. of A down to the south of us. And we haven't really seen this conflict and persecution before, so we can't really see how bad it can become. And it's very good to be informed by listeners like this. Okay. Thank you, Paul, for that. You're very welcome. Okay. Kathy in Niagara Falls. Hello, Kathy. Hi. Um, I just called to say I think it would be a mistake to let this guy back because we don't know what he's up to. He could be a plant put here to, to start a whole new bunch of ISIS people over here. And then Trudeau's liable to give him another $10 million like he did the other guy. Who knows? Well, I think this is some of the concern is people want to see a level of consistency out of the government and how they deal with this. And I, I really think this needs to be addressed. I mean, this problem is not going away. Um, yeah, and um, it, it's, um, I don't know, uh, I think Snowflake, uh, maybe it's a, a Snowflake government that we have <laughs> when it comes to these issues, got to say. it's. I'm know? not going to say that, but I'm not going to disagree with you, and maybe I'll just tap my glass here a little bit again. Like okay, when, when I we said maybe, <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. Okay, um, thank you for that, Kathy. Thank you. 
Okay, uh, let us go to uh, Bill in Toronto. Hello, Bill. I, I don't, I don't get it. I, what, what's wrong with you guys? The Prime Minister of Canada said these people coming back can be an extraordinary uh, contribution to the Canadian society. He did say that. He did. Did he, did he not say that? He did say that. Yeah. So you know what? You can welcome ISIS back to Canada. Okay. And they can reform them. And they, the thing now that they're pushing down our throats with Ikra Khalid is this Islamophobia to shut people up, the kind of discussion that we're having today. And you've talked about Canadian values. Well, you know, do we really have any values? The Prime Minister told me we're now, what, post-national? Maybe we have no values either. And well, you know what, a free pass to this guy? We're giving a free pass to all of them. Who knows what we're bringing back here? Well, we, we, nobody's given him a free pass yet. It's, uh, it's still under discussion. Uh, Bill, thanks for your call. Uh, so, uh, Ross, what, what do you suppose the process is from here on in? And, and uh, at what point do they, you know, have to... Tell us what's going on. Well, that's a good question. The, the Canadian government, they, they've been successful in repatriating some people who have been taken and held hostages and in jail and other places. Some not so much, like down in uh, Indonesia where the, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the Philippines where the men had their head cut off. That oh. one was not successful. But they don't talk very much and they don't say very much. now. But that's a different situation. You're talking about people who were kidnapped. Right. In this case, though, it's not a country that's holding them. It's it's the Kurds that are holding them. There's 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 no real thing, and they're not talking about how they're deciding it. And I wonder if that's maybe not something that they should be doing, or shouldn't be doing. I mean, that's up to the government. It's their prerogative. But Canadians have to watch it, I think, closely uh, to see what's going on. And you know, our last uh, caller there, he I think he was being sort of cynical and making his points. I do believe there are Canadian values that are that are aligned with the world. And Canada has always been seen as a great country in the world. World. Our flag, as you know, Libby, people used to wear it all the time traveling around the world, and you get welcomed everywhere with a Canadian flag on your back. Uh, I don't, I'm not so much sure how that's going the last you know, number of years or so. Yeah, but people b- blame Stephen Harper on that. They can blame anybody they want on that. Yeah. I'm saying that, that, used, that that's what people see con- the Canada as being in the past. I'm not so sure that we're there anymore now, and I think we do need to have the government look at the values here and be open with us about how they're going to deal with this, yeah. because... That, that was when, Ross, when you and I were backpacking it's a few years ago. <laughs> so. I don't know. I think Canada still has a pretty good reputation, yeah. but it's just not quite the same. And it started with some of these issues. Certainly uh, with Stephen Harper, when he went back, he took positions strongly against yeah. some issues, and that created the division in some parts of the world. But if you don't stand for anything, you'll fall for nothing. Okay. Uh, let's hear from Margaret in Thornhill. Hello, Margaret. Oh, hi, Libby. How are you this morning? Fine. How oh, are you? I was so sorry I missed uh, uh, Mr. Ford the other day. I wanted to talk to him and congratulate him, but nevertheless, I'm on, on the radio now. Oh, he'll probably uh, be no, back. Uh, my opinion is if Britain doesn't want this fellow to come back, why should we take the dirt? And why should we have to take people of no consequence? And why should we have to rehabilitate them, put them on welfare, give them money? We have to look after our own people. Charity, charity comes at home, the way I look at it. We don't need any more of that kind. If people are coming to Canada, let them be able to work. Let them to be able to contribute to something towards Canada. We can't be an open country to everybody. We have to know who we're 
bringing in. When I came in the 50s, I have to come through the right road, which I did, and I came at 5,000 American dollars. But in the meantime, nevertheless, we've taken enough refugees, we've supported them, we've housed them, we've fed them. So what are we doing with this guy? And why is Trudeau doing it? Does he not get the opinion from his cabinet whether he should do it or not? Take it on himself? I don't believe in that. Canada is a beautiful country. I love it. My son was, my children are born here. My husband was born here. He was uh, also in the army, World War II. I enjoy Canada. And I want Canada to be free from all this. Okay, Margaret, thank you. Thank you so much for listening, uh, uh, Libby. Bye, dear. Okay. Uh, let's go to Elaine. Elaine and Bob Cajun. I might be having a little... Okay. Elaine, are you there? Hello, Elaine. Ah. Elaine and Bob Cajun. You can't hear me? I can hear you now. Okay. So I hope they do not bring Jihadi Jack here. And also his brain has been changed just from the south sights that he has seen. He could be a powder keg ready to go off at any time. And there's no such thing as radical Islam. It's orthodox Islam. So uh, the other caller who was saying how it's peaceful and whatever has either not read her Quran or has uh, you or know what Elaine Elaine people. I'm 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 going to interject there you know um, yeah. the caller who called grew up in the religion and the religion the way it was taught in in the place where she grew up and I don't think it is up to any of us to say that she has it wrong there definitely is such a thing as radical Islam uh, it it's is orthodox. a strain that has been in Islam for a very long time, and I can say that for sure because uh, that was uh, one of the things I studied in university. Well, I studied it for 19 years myself, and I've uh, and all these things are taken out of the Quran, so it's it's just a process. So I know that. Listen, you can interpret anything in any religion um, oh, there's from no the book. Interpretation, it's in there, black and white. However, I will bow to your, um, your opinion, and I think that we all have a lot more to learn about what Islam really is, and that we should be very cautious and protect our country. Well, that's a, that is definitely something we can all agree on. Thank you for yes, that. We need more education in it. Okay, thanks for that, Elaine. Well, thank you very much, and thank you for holding... Just remember, you are the backbone. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll say something, you know, Libby. It's interesting when you when you look at the Muslim religion, and I, I, I would best describe it. I was thinking, how do we describe this problem with the Muslim or problem, the situation? It's like a kaleidoscope. You know, the Muslims stretch around the world, really, for doing different yeah. things. And there's different strains. There's different education levels. There's different cultural impacts. Absolutely. Some places you have a, a secular government with, with a Muslim religion. Other places you have, you don't. You've got a Sharia Muslim government and a Muslim religion. So it's really a kaleidoscope about which, which house did you grow up in. And th- those are the values you have. So it's so hard. Well, it, but you know what, Ross? It's like that with every religion, Christianity. You have different branches of Christianity. You have people with different levels 
of observance uh, and and people with different cultural traditions, depending on where they grew up, you know, different foods, different ways they celebrate the holidays. And the same with uh, Jewish tradition and every other religion. Yeah. So so it's, it, that's just the way religion is. Well, it's the way it is, is. But, but as you pointed out, though, there is an extremism now that we're dealing with on the, on the and, Muslim and it side. Has, it has for a very long time been a strain in Islam, but, but I don't think that any one of us, particularly somebody from the outside, can say, Rashida, that's the, what you say you grew up with, that doesn't exist. Well, obviously it does exist. No, it does. As I said, it's a kaleidoscope. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately for some of it, it is a pretty scary part to look at for some of it, though. I'll say that. Okay. Uh, let's go to Harold in Kitchener. Hi, Harold. How are you doing? I'm a third-generation uh, third Canadian. As far as I'm concerned, anyone that's been proven to be negative to your country shouldn't be here. And just like that guy that got 10 million bucks, his father was a terrorist. He killed an American soldier. He should have been gone. Uh, there's a lot of good people in all religions, and there's a lot of bad people, too. And as far as Canada's prestige, like your lad said there before, which one is better? The Americans? you got to be kidding. When we ever traveled and we had our maple leaves on, we were well welcomed. And even if we don't, didn't, if we told, if they said, are we Americans? And we said, no, we're Canadians. We were well welcomed. So there isn't a country better than ours. And we don't need any bad guys. Um, yep. I think that about sums it up. Thanks for that, Harold. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. Let's go to uh, Jim in Hanover. Yes, uh, wanted to comment on uh, Trudeau's, what he said. A Canadian is a Canadian is a Canadian. Well, when he was on his tour around, there was a lady from Ontario, and she brought up about the high cost of hydro in Ontario. Is there anything he could do? He told her that is a provincial problem. So now, if you bring this guy over here, and Trudeau dumps him into one province or another, does it become a provincial problem, or does it become a federal problem? Yeah, that's a great point. It becomes a municipal problem up to a provincial problem to a federal problem because it's going to be the local municipality that has to deal with uh, looking at how to manage uh, a person like this and have the thing to rehabilitate it, have the police to watch over them and, and everything else. So it, it is it is quite a concern. Yeah, and I think it's making a, a bad decision here, especially someone who's never even been to this country and uh, with his record from the past, from what he wanted to do, he'll start up here doing the same thing. You're not going to change him. I've been here for uh, 65 years in Canada, and I've still got a friggin' accent. <laughs> well, um, it's a good one. I like to hear it. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's 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 really interesting because, of course, uh, some of the arguments often are something like uh, it was a, a a youthful mistake. Um, dalliance, uh, you know, and they're over it now. They went there and and they saw, you know, that it was wrong and, and they're all fine now. So what about those arguments? Yeah. Well, Ross? Uh, yeah, for me, uh, I, I, listen, I don't buy them. You have, you have one look at what's going on over there. You make the decision to go. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty easy to tell when someone is repenting of, uh, from what they've done and bad decisions they make. And that doesn't mean we shouldn't have forgiveness, but you have to have responsibility that associates with that forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, um, you know, do we actually have a good way of, of telling 
if somebody is uh, changed their mind or is rehabilitated? We do have good ways of telling. You can do interviews with these people, and you can talk with them, and you can sort through them. Uh, good, good interviewers, they can look at the psychology of the person, and you can tell if, uh, what they've been up to. You can tell. The question is, do we have the courage to do that, and do we want to segregate them that way? Or as the Prime Minister would say, are we, you know, this is just important for all of uh, people kind. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. I had to get that one in. Okay, people kind, yeah. <laughs> Justin Trudeau, maybe you want to stop with those jokes. <laughs> well, okay. I'm going to be right than dead right. <laughs> You know, there's a point to that. I used to, when I was in the police department, the, we used to have a saying like that, you know, better to be carried by, or better to be tried by 12 than carried by, by six if you die when you're making a decision on something. And, and sometimes these can be life and death decisions for somebody here. Yes. Okay, Jim, thanks for that. You're welcome. Okay, bye-bye. And uh, that's all the time we have for this segment. Uh, Remember, Free For All Friday is coming up, so uh, please call back if you didn't have a chance to get on the line. Uh, Ross, thank you very much, as always, for coming in. Thank you, and I want to say thank you to those listeners. There's a kaleidoscope of listeners. What a great great variety of points of view that helped to inform all of us by getting this to the air, Libby. Okay. um, We're taking a quick break, and when we come back, Caroline Mulrooney, will be with us to take your calls and to answer my questions. Uh, We're looking forward to that when we return. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.